What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets in the car, while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Creature Feature, production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host of Mini Parasites, Katie Golden. I studied psychology and evolutionary biology, and today on the show... We're giving the Creature Kringle Times reindeer a break and hiring some new mystical steeds to carry Kringle Claw's sleigh. And using a bit of Kringle Time magic, we're bringing some megafauna back from extinction. Discover some unforgettable ungulates as we answer the age-old question, were dragons herbivores? Joining me is friend of the pod, friend of ungulates everywhere, and host of the show, Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, Alex Schmidt. Hey, Katie. It's amazing to be here, and especially thank you for teeing up megafauna. It's very, megafauna. just very, very exciting to be. I love it. Yeah. Mammals in the disguise. the bison in my heart is dancing around. I'm very happy. Yeah. Megafauna. <laughs> wow, look at the size. <laughs> so yeah, we're t- all about ungulates today. Alex, you like an ungulate? I think I learned the word ungulate from a far side cartoon. <laughs> I don't know how many other people had that experience. <laughs> but there's the it's like a guy in a back alley. Ungulate. <laughs> it's like the strip is like a guy in a back alley. It's the trope of like yeah. a guy with a coat full of illicit watches or whatever. But it's a guy in yeah. a back alley saying, Hey, you wanna buy an ungulate? And then there's a bunch of like antelope in the shadows. It's great. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> Black market ungulate. Yeah. Uh, They are a clade of quadruped mammals. Typically, they've got hooves. This includes animals you'd probably expect like horses, deer, cows, camels, and sheep, but also animals you might not expect like rhinos, giraffes, tapirs, and even cetaceans, which is dolphins and whales. 
And the reason dolphins and whales oh. are in that clade is they evolved from terrestrial ungulate ancestors. So they do not have Whoa, hooves. Cool. They are, they, you know, thinking of a dolphin as an ungulate is very strange, but they are in that clade uh, because they did evolve from weird little deer things. I didn't know they got to remain in the club. That's amazing. Yeah, they're still in the club. I mean, I don't. I think if you called a dolphin an ungulate, you might get some weird looks, but they are technically in the same clade as ungulates. So, <laughs> you know, you might get some side eyes. You're like, yeah, <laughs> dolphins is an ungulate. Because I, I care about scientific accuracy, and I also care about you know, fitting in with the cool marine biologists. Right, I'm trying to hit right, it off exactly. With. So it's important to... <laughs> kind of a West Side <laughs> Story that. situation where you have the marine biologists and then the terrestrial animal biologists snapping their fingers and... <laughs> right, the sharks and something besides the chats, the coelacanths <laughs> or whatever old ocean thing they yeah. care about. <laughs> yeah, vaquitas in the... Chevrotains sounds sounds really badass, but those are two of the cutest examples of uh, cetaceans and uh, ungulates. So first, let's talk about what a hoof is. So not all ungulates have hooves, but most hooved animals are ungulates. A hoof is the tip of a toe of an animal where the nail or claw has evolved into a very thick and hard keratinous chunk that the animal can walk on. So there are both even-toed ungulates like deer who have an even number of toes on each foot or the odd-toed ungulates like horses who walk on an odd number of toes. For instance, horses walk on one big old toe, which has grown to incredible proportions. So, wow. uh, yeah, they're just walking on their tiptoes. Ungulate legs are typically pretty interesting anatomically. So the part of the horse that you would probably think of as the knee is actually its wrist. So that big knobby thing on the horse that you're like, that's where its knee is, right? Oh. That's that's where it's walking. Mm. Uh, that's, that's its ankle and or wrist. So below that are the elongated oh. and fused bones of the metacarpals. In humans, the metacarpals are actually that first segment of our fingers and toes. You you guys can't see it because I'm in your ears, but I'm showing uh, Alex my fingers because this is the metacarpals. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, it's just <laughs> And they then are the rest walking. of it is Katie's hoof, actually. It continues into her <laughs> and hoof. And they fuse um, into a single horrifying hoof <laughs> that I like to prance around on, uh, which is, you know, really an interesting image. But yeah, I mean, basically... <laughs> Horses are walking on one long toe. So that's interesting and a little bit upsetting, I guess. This is really changing my whole understanding of horses. Like the the whole essentially bottom half of what I think of as their leg is basically right. a foot. Like that's incredible. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So like. Freaky. Yeah. Because if you think of a horse leg, it bends in like. Three places, kind of. So you've got the shoulder part, but then under that, you have the yeah. actual knee and or elbow. Um, and then under that, you have where you would kind of think the knee would go is actually the uh, wrist or ankle joint. And then below that, you have the finger joints. So 
weird. Yeah. It's like I'm thinking of that meme where it's like, how would a dog wear pants? And it's either across <laughs> or at the back. Like now I'm thinking of how would a horse wear shoes and the shoe is like half the leg, you know, because it's it's the foot or whatever. Freaky. Yeah, I think there's a, some kind of drawing of like what a human would look like with horse proportions. Oh, <laughs> it's called BoJack Horseman. It's a very good show. A lot of people like it. Yeah. There's a lot of fun diagrams of people walking like horses and it's showing sort of the uh, the similar stuff. Well, my Google search is certainly very strange and interesting, but not very scientifically <laughs> relevant. So moving on, <laughs> ungulates, weird toe walkers, but it gets weirder. And we can look back in time to some extinct species that were absolutely just bonkers. So there used to be a gigantic deer that would roam around in Ireland and Russia and parts of Europe called the Irish elk. And it was not an elk. It was a deer. It was also known as Megaloceros giganteus because it was giganteus. (laughs) So... (laughs) Its skeletal remains have been found in the bogs of Ireland, which those bogs are really amazing at preserving dead things. Uh, It probably went extinct over 7,000 years ago. So humans definitely overlapped with this thing. So it had a massive set of moose-like antlers. So you have two types of antlers. You have sort of the, the antlers you see on like a deer, but then the antlers you see on a moose or like a, I think it's called a fallow deer. Yeah, a fallow deer are palmated antlers. So a palmated antlers basically means hand-like antlers, just like a moose. You know, they're, they're, they have sort of this uh, solid uh, palm and then it branches off into quote unquote fingers. So yeah, palmated antlers. And oh. it was absolutely pants-weddingly huge, gigantic, gigantic. Ew, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm imagining the first human to invent pants overlapping with the end of this animal. Yeah. So, like, they finally finish pants and immediately pee them because they yeah, see this yeah. animal. You know, like, well, ah, I, well. <laughs> I think they were invented to be peed in, like, like you know, some very early human, like, oh, my God, that deer makes me want to pee my my pants and then he invents pants and then he pees them <laughs> promptly yeah yeah so the this big old deer uh stood at around seven feet tall over two meters at the shoulders it could weigh over 1500 pounds or 700 kilograms it was similar mm. in size to uh-huh. a moose plus you know maybe maybe a little bigger than a moose but it had much bigger antlers The antlers were the biggest known of any deer, and they spanned 12 feet from side to side. So that's 3.6 meters of antlers, and they weighed almost 90 pounds or 40 kilograms, over twice the size of the antlers of a moose. So, yeah, big antlers. (laughs) Right, that's the freakiest part, that it's the same size of the rest of the animal, pretty much. Yeah. And just pile on <laughs> so much. Do you remember that old uh, The Grinch uh, Who Stole Christmas cartoon version, not the Jim Carrey version? Yeah. Yeah, the car- like the uh, Chuck 
the Chuck Jones cartoon, and he's trying to disguise his the little dog into a deer, so he puts a big set of antlers on the dog, so the dog tips forward, and he keeps having to yeah. shave off uh, the antlers until it's the right <laughs> size for the dog to wear. Yeah. <laughs> dog keep, keeps tipping forward. That's how I imagine these deer just like tipping forward all the time. But yeah, that's why their bodies had to be so huge <laughs> and muscular. They even had like this big hump on their back similar to a bison that would help probably kind of balance them a little more and also gave them the ability to both store fat and have longer leg strides uh, at the attachment of their shoulders. So yeah, just beasts, big old beasts. And probably almost like harrowing to see because I have family in Colorado who've seen a moose in the wild in real life. And they described it as a little more scary than majestic. You know what I mean? Like they're that big and they're kind of aggressive. And they only have, you know, like 1% of these antlers or whatever. I I don't want to see an Irish elk in life. Boy, oh boy, forget it. Well, absolutely. Yeah, I I think moose are scary. I I appreciate them, obviously. I think they're beautiful animals. I respect them. I would not want to be face to face with a moose. That is terrifying. They're they're big, dangerous, wild animals. I think that sometimes, yeah. and, and certainly not people who live with moose. I think they probably understand and res- have a healthy respect for the moose. But deer and moose and and ungulates in general, I think uh, maybe other than bulls, we kind of don't think of as dangerous, but they certainly can be. Yeah, bulls, bulls. I think because of media, are the one right. exception where we're like, oh yeah, that plant eater is dangerous. Right. But exactly. otherwise, we have this weird like dinosaur, I think, based concept where we're like, oh, if it eats plants, you can hug it, and if it eats right. meat, it's it's the bad guys in the movie. You yeah, know? <laughs> but really not the case. Even like if you've seen. Um, these herbivores fighting back against the carnivores, in, uh, especially in uh, the the sub-Saharan savanna, like the giraffes kicking lions, and you know, it just just yeah. they can really, I mean, they can sometimes kill lions, like a giraffe, even something like um, you know, some of the bigger the bigger ungulates, like. Are, are hippos ungulates? Hippos are ungulates, and they can certainly ruin your day and stomp in your head. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wildebeest can really mess a lion up. Absolutely just wreck a lion. So, yeah, I mean, it's they, they right. are very capable. Uh, moose are very capable. Even regular-sized deer can hurt people. They can kill people. They can stomp you. They can gore you. You know, if you anger a deer up close, I mean, we have a great advantage with our weapons and stuff, and generally they're afraid of us. But if they feel like they've got to fight you uh, to get out of a situation, you're in a lot of trouble because, yeah, they are they're dangerous animals. And so and so this this thing with antlers, 12 feet wide antlers, that's like two like it could carry two dudes. Mm. In each set of antlers, yeah. you know, like that's insane. <laughs> that's it's it's mm. absolutely the deer of your nightmares. And yeah, I mean, uh, we did apparently hunt them, which I guess early humans were just like, yeah, mammoths, giant <laughs> deer, pff, no big deal. Just going to 
go up to this thing. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure there was a good amount of uh, collateral damage of early humans of like, what's this thing? And then next thing they know, like they've been cleanly hewn in half by a giant set of antlers. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, one of the theories for why these uh, went extinct is because of those huge uh, antlers because they are very costly in terms of nutrition. You need a lot of nutrition to build up that those muscles and to be able to actually grow such huge antlers. And uh, you, they're also kind of, you know, not the most aerodynamic things in the world. So if you're trying to run through a forest <laughs> away from a group of human hunters, I would imagine they'd get stuck in things like in trees and you know, it's probably not the most um, advantageous feature. The reason they got so huge was for probably sexual selection because they were huge in males and it was probably to impress females yeah. and to signal to other males that like they were awesome and great and don't even bother trying to compete. Yeah, they're essentially built like Johnny Bravo, it sounds like. <laughs> but he doesn't need all that hair up there. Come on. Yeah. Johnny. Definitely sort of the ornamental bodybuilders of uh, of the ungulate world where it's kind of it's kind of decorative, you know, it looks intimidating, but a lot of it is decorative. I mean, they could definitely crush you if they fell on you, but, you know. <laughs> Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier, connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. So now we're going to talk about one of the most uncanny, weird, just getting, we're getting real freaky with these, with these deer, Alex. We're going to talk about 
Protoceridae, which is a family of even-toed ungulates of North and Central America that went extinct over 4 million years ago, whose bodies look similar to deer, but their heads look like a deer from Salvador Dali's nightmares. So, <laughs> Not as good dreams, where stuff's no. also melting, but it's happy. <laughs> Although maybe with Salvador Dali, maybe his nightmares were just realistic things, like cute teddy bears and <laughs> normal-looking things. And he's like, ah! I just dreamed about a clock that right. wasn't melting. Yeah. <laughs> I could tell time. No. <laughs> so my inspiration for this section is actually from a Twitter thread by an ecology student, Aditya Srinath, and some paleo artists discussing one of the weirdest extinct families of ungulates out there. So, Protoceridae, if you look at one of these skulls, you will be convinced that dragons were real. Alex, I have shared with you some of these skulls. These will also be in the show notes. They, you know, they look like dragons or dinosaurs, right? Yeah, it's got dinosaur vibes. Mm -hmm. And then also sort of a horse mouth, as I understand skeletons. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> Like if you came upon it in the desert southwest, all bleached and stuff, you you would assume it's some sort of dark tower situation where a yeah. gunslinger was fighting monsters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there are many different species with really wacky looking skulls, but typically they would have yeah. four horns, quote unquote horns. They're actually most likely ossicones. So an ossicone is something like you see on a giraffe. They are a bone structure covered in skin and fur. For this section, I'm going to use terms like horn and antler just to describe the shape of these things. But technically, horns are a structure covered in keratin, and antlers are a bony structure that are shed and regrown every year. And they, like a deer's antlers, will actually start out covered in a thin layer of skin and fur, which is shed. Whereas ossicones, which is what we're talking about here, are structurally similar to antlers in that they have a bone, bony base and they're covered in skin and fur, but they're permanent. And so they never shed that skin and fur coating. Oh, just amazing. Yeah. I mean, like the, the, little, the little knobs on a giraffe head, I don't think about them too much, but when I do, I realize they're kind of weird, right? I do. Because I, I used to give tours of a zoo at Brookfield Zoo, and we had a lot of giraffes that were part of the tour route. And... I think people always thought of them as just silly, but then those little, uh, I guess, ossicones on the top of the head, they indicate some sort of more warlike past to me of the giraffes. I don't know if that's true. And then, as you said, yeah. giraffes will totally fight and kick in the modern day. They still got it. Yeah, but with their necks. But yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. I, I, I don't know exactly what the ossicones are used in giraffes. They may be for... Mate selection, I don't think they're used for fighting, uh, but they may have had a relative that used them for fighting or for mate signaling. So, yeah, so in these extinct species, these were probably used in sexual selection because it was the males that had the most just bananas situation going on with these ossicones. So. Yeah. Once again, Johnny Bravo. Johnny Bravo's <laughs> most species, it turns out, folks. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the cartoon from, I think, the, the 90s, maybe later. Classic anyway. 90s cartoon where it was this guy whose like, body mass was 90% the the pectorals and, uh, and biceps and then tiny little legs. 
and actually, yeah. you know what? <laughs> that Johnny Bravo analogy is going to hold out throughout the show, especially with our last uh, one we're going to talk about. So hold on to that thought. <laughs> Scientific name, Jonicus Bravonicus, Jonicus actually, too, if people want to find it in the, you know, the finer scientific texts out there. <laughs> so most species of Protocertidae uh, had two horny protrusions behind the eyes and two on the snout. But depending on the species, these horns were in all sorts of different weird shapes. And yeah, it was the males ran particularly wild with it. So one species called Synthetoceros had a nose antler that started out as like one long mm. unicorn horn and branched into two. So <laughs> kind of like, kind of like a slingshot. I could imagine you know, you wrapping a rubber band around it and using it as slingshot. <laughs> what was that old show with like the caveman family who would like ride around on weird dinosaur things and like what with was the that? Flintstones? No, I mean Flintstones is one of those things. No, definitely Flintstones <laughs> would uh, use this as like a mobile, <laughs> like a slingshot creature. But no, there was another one. Uh, the movie The Crudes. I have not seen it. The movie The Crudes. <laughs> I googled cartoon dinosaur times 80s and that didn't help me really at all slingshot in an old cartoon I almost thought you were going to say Bart Simpson like when he just goes around slingshotting things but uh, but no that's not it <laughs> especially in the early seasons they were like he's a real troublemaker and part of it was that he had a slingshot in his back pocket which no child has done since I don't know FDR it's very old fashioned to me <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The Dennis the Menace slingshot <laughs> in the back pocket. Herculoids. Yeah. It was Herculoids. Do you remember Herculoids? No, I don't know it. Don't know it. Yeah, I never heard of it. I mean, it was a little before our time, I think. Uh, I only saw reruns and stuff, but they had like weird, like, mon dinosaur monsters and like a rhino that would shoot <laughs> stuff out of its forehead and like a gorilla made out of stone. And then these just like big goo things anyways it was a really weird show and this makes me think of something <laughs> from that weird show i think it was from the 70s but yeah, yeah. so <laughs> so in addition to the slingshot on its nose it also had these two horns behind its eyes that were curved and even weirder so there's this dip in the nasal bones that some people including paleo artist vile Sinkonen. Uh, speculate uh, may have been because of an inflatable skin pouch at the base of the horn that males could have used oh. similar to how animals like elephant seals or frigate birds inflate a pouch for sexual displays, but like right on top of its nose. So I'm definitely including a link to a hilarious and really interesting animated 3D recreation by Vile Sinkonen. It's this such a goofosaurus, like, I mean, it's a it's a ungulate, <laughs> mammalian ungulate, but it's so goofy looking. And then on top of that, the potential for this inflatable nose pouch, just incredible, magnificent. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at this little video and look, they did a really professional job. It's really well put together and it makes it funnier to me. Like, yeah. It's just this... <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it has like an Edgar Allan Poe telltale heart underneath the front of its face. I love it. <laughs> really good. Like it it's won't bulbous. stop beating. 
in a way that's yeah. unsettling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it looks like it would make a little like bicycle horn honking sounds. <laughs> so. <Yeah>. <laughs> or have like that wheezing nerd voice that's in <laughs> cartoons. Like it's trying to talk, but it, there's just wheezing all the time. Great. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. I mean, there's and this is just one species. There are several species of really weird looking ones and. I'm including in the show notes a, a diagram of a few of them. One of them was para, Paratoceros wardi, which appeared to have two big triangular horns right above the eyes, like almost like eye lashes that fused into a horn. And then uh, two uh. smaller bony triangular protrusions in front of the eyes and this weird... Little wishbone shaped bone right on top of its skull between the ears, like it's wearing one of those little propeller hats. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, it almost looks like old TV antennas and <laughs> pictures of old TVs in a way that no one has now. Like <laughs> Yeah. Like it's no, picking it's- up channels two through seven for free and it's really <laughs> proud of it. You know, beating the cable company. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Then there's Protoceros Solaire, which was I don't I struggled to figure out how to describe this. It has fangs. That's important, like vampire fangs. Uh, it of has course, like two yeah. bony shark fins um, or dolphin fins, like uh, at the sides of its <laughs> nose, and then just a complete chaos as you go up the face. Uh, there are ridges around its eyes like a square ridge right above its eyes and then two joysticks right behind its eyes. So that's the thing. It basically has one of the landscape backgrounds from Wile E. Coyote and Roadrunner but on top (laughs) of its head, like several mesas in a way that would be our greatest national park, but doesn't exist. Yeah. It's a, it's a skate park built on top of a deer head. Yeah. It's just these things are they're so I mean so ambitious. The yeah. just the ambition of these creatures that thought they could get away with this these horns. <laughs> it also I'm not a hunter, but I feel like the hunting community would be losing its mind if it could have this many different kinds of antlers to count and rate themselves on, right? Like they all love just the amount of points deer antlers have. They would they would be like like weird stat had baseball nerds about yeah, all this these, if it was available to them today. These antlers would require some long division. It's it's a situation. <laughs> it's a whole situation. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. 
So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. So now we're going to talk about (laughs) truly the most Johnny Bravo of, of all deer. It is a species of giant gorilla bear deer that went extinct over 78,000 years ago, found in North America, Eurasia, and Africa. So these are... Yeah. Did you did you say gorilla bear deer? Was yes, that all I did. I, no, actually, I okay. said giant gorilla bear deer. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the fourth animal there is giants, like a yeah. jack of the beanstalk. Really yeah. cool. <laughs> So these were odd-toed ungulates, and though they were odd-toed ungulates, they didn't really have the same hoof-leg structure as ungulates such as horses. Instead of hooves, they had these three big claws, kind of like a sloth. Um, And Mm. the way they walked were very strange. Do you know those, like, strider costumes? I think they're in, like, the dark crystal, and a lot of people wear them for, like, parades or halloween or something where you're kind of you have two stilts that you hold with your arms and then you're on a set of shorter stilts with your back legs and people kind of walk around like some kind of weird animal um it's basically shaped like that it's like it's like cloverfield monster posture yeah that where you have like big 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 front legs and then little back ones yes uh, everyone does shaky cam footage that is what these are, uh, absolutely. And they <laughs> liked to eat leaves and shrubs. So they had these little short uh, hind legs uh, and really, really big beefcakes arms, uh, obviously skipping leg day, but doing like quadruple duty on arm day. And they walked on their knuckles of their forelimbs, kind of similar to a gorilla, sort of like side side knuckling it, actually more like an anteater walks because they had such huge claws on their front limbs, they couldn't really uh. walk directly on these claws. They had to curl them inwards and walk on the sides uh, on their knuckles. And then uh, their heads were horse-like uh, and they had like the, you know, basically a big, big horse mouth and they would... <laughs> <laughs> so, a review of what's happening here. Uh, beefy body of a gorilla, walks like a cross mm. between a gorilla and an anteater, uh, has claws like a sloth, head and neck like a horse, 
They weighed over 1,300 pounds or 600 kilograms. They were about six feet wow. tall at the shoulders or 1.8 meters and over seven feet long or two meters. And it could use its wow. huge claws to pull down trees and strip off limbs for them to get at leaves or probably to fight off predators. Yeah, they could just put up those dukes and, and do it and maybe fall over if it picks up its front legs. <laughs> but, you know, still uh, pretty good until then. Pretty good. Even funnier, they probably were able to rear up on their hind legs to get at tall trees. So just these little teeny awesome. tiny, like, I mean, their legs aren't that tiny. They're like bare legs. But compared to the front of them with these huge arms, they do look disproportionately small. And yeah, I mean, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, looking at this thing, it's like it's like a mule or a donkey crossed with like a bear or a giant sloth and with huge claws that could definitely decapitate you. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Absolute cuties. It is. It's like pretty nice looking for being the exact nightmare collage you have described. Yeah. It's it's pretty fun to look at for being parts of seven different mammals. It, al it almost feels like somebody was vaguely told about mammals in passing and tried to draw what that is. Yeah, you know? like yeah. It <laughs> feels like a bestiary drawing from a monk who's never seen a horse or a gorilla uh, and tried to draw <laughs> right. a combination of the two from memory. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I... And they're like... You're a monk. Aren't you supposed to be focused on the Bible? And they're like, it's part of it. It's part of it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I'm creative. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man, they love to draw their their weird animals and those little inserts in the side. I mean, I don't blame them. God, it must have been boring to be a monk. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, enough time staring at the wall and brewing beer that will be better later. You know, you want to start drawing weird lions that don't yeah. make sense. Yeah. Come I'm going to try to draw a lion despite never having seen one or even heard a description of one. I think it's like yeah. a dog with spikes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I would absolutely like feed one of these sugar cube, call it sea biscuit and ride around on it until it like decided it was annoyed by me and just sli sliced me cleanly in two. <laughs> it could it could definitely be the tank in your like fantasy role playing group of four or five characters. Yeah. It could definitely be the one that receives a lot of damage while somebody else is a mage and there's an archer or whatever. Yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's definitely the tank, and yeah, or like a Star Wars creature that uh, you know, oh. <laughs> that uh, yeah, makes some ridiculous uh, fully sound effect as as you ride around on it. Yeah, Star Wars. I feel like throughout that franchise, they're very anti megafauna, right? Like, there's some people ride and stuff, but the Wampa, and then the Rancor, and then that big thing in the seventh movie. And stuff. There's a lot of like, if it's a big animal, it's a monster. No thanks. Big animals are cool. Get out of here, Star Wars. <laughs> Not into it. But yeah, I do. I do think like if if uh, if cre creature Kringle times reindeer need a break. I don't know. I, I would love. I would love to see a sleigh driven by like a couple of a couple of giant Irish elk, a couple of 
weird uh, <laughs> proto-serididae with just absolutely Boschian MC Escher-like faces. And then, you know, bringing up, bringing up the rear, maybe a couple of these uh, gorilla deer. I love it. <laughs> Just just following like a celebrity's bodyguards. Like, <laughs> <laughs> little just two sunglasses. of them in turtlenecks. Yeah. <laughs> sunglasses yeah. and those like little little ear wires. It's like, you know, <laughs> baby reindeer to to Papa 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 Santa. Uh we eyes on the package. <laughs> <laughs> And then later in the movie, you find out they're actually really sweet guys. You judge yeah. them for their size, but actually one of them does a lot of needlepoint. I like how uh, you just other... willed a movie into existence, like later in the movie, about <laughs> this crew of oh, yeah. non-reindeer. <laughs> <laughs> I've been storyboarding this whole time. My hand is very tired. Uh, yeah. It'd be called Santa Claus, and then there'd be like in the hey. in the poster art these fake claw rips, and then blood dripping down. Right? I am astonished that it's not already a movie title. I'm sure like, it is. You could San- Santa Claus <laughs> movie. Oh, it certainly is. It's got two stars on oh, okay, IMDb. Cool. Oh, Sounds there's right. different yeah. types of Santa Claus movies. There's one that's starring kittens as. Uh, it looks like one oh. kitten's like a reindeer, one kitten's like an elf. So Santa Claus, the kittens movie. Amazing. Then there's Santa Claus starring a skeleton dressed as Santa carrying a um, axe. <laughs> hold, on. hold on. So they were like, we're going to make a horror movie called Santa Claus. What's the first monster yeah. we pick? Definitely something that has no claws. A skeleton. Perfect. Uh- <laughs> There's also a 2014 uh, movie called Santa Stole Our Dog. Um, Not sure. And then there's another uh, Santa Claus movie with kittens. That seems to be a pretty popular one. (laughs) Santa Stole Our Dog. Santa Stole Our Dog. He's just a huge jerk. (laughs) (laughs) I know this this is not necessarily the theme of the podcast, but I do have to see if I can... Read the uh, description of this this movie, the Santa Stole Our Dog. So Santa Stole Our Dog is a 2017 Christmas movie. It's called oh. Santa Stole Our Dog, uh, A Merry Dog on Christmas um, by Brian Michael Stoller. Brian Michael Steeler? Of course he wrote this. Of course he did. Um, so the summary is, is pretty simple. On Christmas Eve, Santa Claus accidentally steals the family dog. So begins an epic journey through the 12 days of Christmas as the family ventures to the North Pole to get their beloved canine back. Now, the cover uh-huh. of the Santa Stolar dog has a dodo bird on it, um, which I'm not sure I understand <laughs> that. This is definitely something I'm going to have to watch and get back to you guys on what, what's going on with this uh, with this movie. Because it looks... I am astonished that this movie connected to megafauna. There's a dodo on it. Incredible. Great. <laughs> Those are megafauna, right? Like, amazing. I, I feel like cool. they're medium fauna. Medium fauna. That's about right. Yeah. Santa stole our <laughs> dog. I, I don't think I'm allowed. Maybe I could play just a little clip from the trailer. Let me Let me see. This is a this is a yeah. this is a special creature feature first me playing a clip from a trailer that only has a tenuous connection to uh animal biology. 
I have also pulled up this IMDb page, and I'm seeing a very cockeyed Santa who is apparently played by Ed Asner, R.I.P., and I'm also seeing that the subtitle of Santa Stole Our Dog is a merry dog on Christmas, exclamation yes. point. So exclamation a lot going point. on. Yeah. Okay. So I did, I did manage to get the trailer. It's a Creature Kringle Times uh, Miracle. <laughs> <laughs> There's, um... Okay. Giving Santa a lot of credit up front. Maybe he's a thief, guys. Okay. Yeah, it stars Ed Asner as Santa Claus, uh, bad CGI reindeer, and, uh, you know. Mm. Yeah, no, this is, uh, wow. The trailer is basically just the kids going, um, Santa stole our dog, and then the adults going, like, Santa stole our dog, and then there's a newspaper that reads, Santa steals family's dog, and then Santa going, like, <laughs> whose dog did I allegedly steal? <laughs> Who do you belong to? Wonderful. I feel so blessed to find this. It's just 90 straight minutes of people making surprised faces back and forth. That's the entire Santa movie. Santa stole like, a huh? dog? A dog what? was stolen by Santa? Uh, well, so thank you so much for joining me, Alex. Where can people find you? Anything. It's always great. Always, always great. And, uh, and yeah, I make a podcast called Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. I really hope people check it out. It, each one's about one thing that people think is ordinary. And then we get into history, science, lore about why it's amazing. And there are many wonderful episodes with Katie Golden. Yes. What? Yes. You should check them out. Especially there will be one start of January. A new one. It's exciting. I love the topic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the topic might make you make a series of high-pitched noises as you enjoy it. <laughs> might Fun make you hint. go... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And thank you so much for listening. If you're enjoying the pod uh, and you leave me a rating and review, I read all the reviews and I cherish them and I print them out and I hang them up in my house. I'm like, look at that one from... Weed Goku 69 who liked my show so thank you so much uh, and if you think you have an answer to the animal uh, sound guessing game you can write me at creaturefeaturepod at gmail.com creaturefeaturepod on instagram creaturefeetpod on twitter that's f-e-a-t not f-e-e-t <laughs> something very different and of course thanks to the Space Cossacks for their super awesome song Exolumina Creature Features a production of iHeartRadio for more podcasts like the one you just heard visit the iHeartRadio app Apple Podcasts or hey guess what wherever you listen to your favorite shows see you next Wednesday this is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History eBay Motors is here for the ride with some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids, no plug needed. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. (laughs) You can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. 